in your heart is your past a memory that binds you is there some pain you have carried far too Strengthen your heart with his good news. There is a Savior and his forgiven you.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now we've come to the most important part of the service, amen. You know, the word of the Lord declares that by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. So be prepared to be brought out of Egypt, amen. So with everybody all standing up, please help me welcome my prophet, my pastor, my father. Please, people, come on. I do not feel your excitement. This is the time where you have to be most excited. Help me welcome Pastor Chris. He is here. Let's celebrate the presence of the Lord. He is here. The Holy One, His presence we adore. He is here to worship Him. He's such a sweet reward. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we surrender this time to you. And we pray that our hearts will be receptive. Our minds will be open to receive whatever you have to say to us today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated in heavenly places. It's an honor for me to greet you. Is Jason here? Jason Rob? You can just come to me quickly. Anyway. Well, it's a blessing to be here this morning. We thank God we have at least a better weather than we had in the past few weeks. And then the electricity is also working for us today. Amen. Praise the Lord. We pray that soon we will not have that problem anymore. Now, I was so blessed by Alpi Allison's uh, ministry here. You can see that the practical ministry or going to do God's work really affects your life. And you start to preach better. You start to minister better when you do the ministry itself. Amen. You can never really prepare for ministry is when you go to do the work that you will see how God is working with you. Amen. Now, just one or two announcements before we start. Next week, we have a special service here for Founders Day. Um, so, everybody must get, get up. All cell leaders must prepare their members. It's a special service. We are just doing it because we have been instructed to do such a thing where our people learn to honor, and it also helps them in their lives and in their ministries. Amen. 
everything I say from this pulpit is never to be a blessing to me. It's always to be a blessing to you. Amen. So when I say about giving money to God or giving tithes to the Lord, it's not a blessing to me. It's a blessing to you. <laughs> you might feel you are doing some sacrificial thing, but it's not really. The sacrifice you do is it, it, going to come back to you. It's for your heavenly account. Amen. I walked into a brother the other day, old friend of mine who's a pastor. And uh, he's, he's at the church that they don't teach tithing. You know, so he spoke to me about it. And he said he left the church because he, he, he couldn't really grasp this no tithing thing. But then he said to me, you don't have to teach the people tithing. You know? The people need to tithe. But you don't have to teach it to them outrightly. You, what you need to do, you, you, you take them into the home cell meeting. You see? Then you quietly talk about it so that nobody feels like threatened. You see? As you think, brother, I don't agree with you at all. A good pastor wants his people to be blessed. So how can I keep away the secret from my people that is the secret to their prosperity? And I must quietly talk about it. Uh, the selfish pastor. Tell the people what will bring blessings to them. Amen. Tithing, sacrifice, comes back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Your poverty will come to an end swiftly. If you believe God. Amen. If you believe God. So, let me preach today a short powerful word to you. I want to continue on my theme on faith. Somebody told me the other day that uh, this, this, the message on reversible faith has really blessed this person because he had done an interview for a job and uh, they told him that he's not successful. And he left and he forgot about it. Then he received a phone call to ask him if he can't come back, you know, because they need another few people. But I remember him from the interview. And so we said, it's a reversible faith. I, I, thought, I thought the situation was finished, that it's over now. They said no, but God reversed the decision, you see. And that's why we say when we preach here, the word is for you. And the word is to help you, but you must believe the word. Amen. It's like a, it's a no, a no can become a yes. Every negative situation, God can turn it around for you. You must exercise faith. Amen.
Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, please. Very soon we will be painting this place. Actually, we want to try next week. So, all of you that don't like hard work, paint is not hard work. So, come next week, Saturday morning, 9.30. We start to do the first undercoat so that it can look nice for Founders Day. We're also going to tint the glasses, this the doors darker because our people are always watching through the doors when I'm preaching. So I hope that we can make it completely dark so they can look here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, there's a great anointing here today. I'm a very sensitive man to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so when I pick it up, then I can already tell you that you're going to experience God's presence and his power. His presence is here. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, please. Faith, just to bring you back, I haven't been talking about it for a while, but I'm here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Amen. What is faith? Somebody asked Kenneth Hagen in an interview, what is faith? And he just said, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. There's the definition. It is the evidence of things that you cannot yet see. That is faith. And our whole lives as Christians are governed by faith. We are saved by faith. We live by faith. We move by faith. Hallelujah. We live by faith. We even love by faith. You love hoping that this person that's so weird with you is going to change. That's faith. It takes faith to love someone. Amen. Wonderful. Now, let's go down to chapter 24. Uh, verse 24, I'm so sorry. Hebrews eleven twenty four. Today I want to talk about uh, the faith of Moses, the great servant of the Lord, who is also written in the great faith chapter of Hebrews 11. Abram is mentioned. Uh, Enoch is mentioned. Noah is mentioned. Jacob, Isaac, they're all mentioned as the heroes of faith. But then there's this portion in the bar in the chapter that talks about Moses, of whom the Bible said there was never ever a prophet like him. You know, all God's great men they have certain things that we remember them by. Abram was a friend of God, and Abram was also a man of great faith because. Because by faith, you know, it, it was, he was, he was declared righteous by faith. Abraham. Moses again. He was very close to God. Because God said to Miriam and to her brother Aaron, to other prophets, I speak by similitudes, by visions and dreams. But this one. I speak face to face. Were you not afraid to say something against him? Because <laughs> he's my friend. 
Bible says there was, there was not again a man like him. Hebrews eleven twenty four. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Verse 26, please. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. This is King James English, so I'll make it easier for you. NLT from verse 24 to verse 27. Are you all here? Tell your neighbor, are you ready to receive from God? It was by faith that Moses, you see, we are talking about faith. Now to understand the works of Abram, Noah, all of them, it, they did it by faith. You will only be successful if you have faith in God. You must have faith in the invisible. Why, why do we need faith? Because we can't see God. We can't even see tomorrow. We can't see the future. But by faith. We can't sometimes see the past now. The Bible says, by faith we know that the worlds were created by God. <laughs> it's by faith. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people. Instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Eesh. The fleeting pleasures. Isn't that a nice way of putting it? You must title this message, The Fleeting Pleasures of Sin. Sounds good, you know, when you want to choose a sermon. Hey, this sounds exciting. The Fleeting Pleasures of Sin. <laughs> then verse 26. He thought it was better to suffer. He thought it was better to suffer. Say suffer. Ish was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead. That's his faith. Tomorrow is going to be better. There's something ahead. Hallelujah. By faith. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. Glory be to God. Verse 27. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. There's my three points. He, 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 the fleeting pleasure of sin, number one. Number two is in the, the other verse, 26 quickly. In verse 26, he, 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 he suffered. And then in number 27, verse 27, he left the land of Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. May the Lord bless now the reading of his word. Amen. Amen, musicians. Praise God. We are working. Hallelujah. Now, the first key is that faith will make you conquer sin in your life. If you're taking notes, write down. Shall leaders take note? You're going to share this on Tuesday with your members. Faith will make you conquer sin 
in your life. Hallelujah. I'm talking to a holy crowd this morning. No sinners amongst us. But it's by faith that Moses overcame his attraction to the pleasures of sin. Sin is very pleasurable. Sin is nice. <laughs> isn't it? You feel guilty, but when you do it, it's nice, isn't it? That's why the Bible talks about the pleasure of sin. You battle not to do what you shouldn't do. And when you want to do it, you don't want to do it, you find yourself doing it. But Paul wrote about it in Romans chapter 8, and, and he said, the thing that I shouldn't do, I find myself doing this thing. And the thing I should do, I, I don't get to doing it. <laughs> when I must pray, then I sleep under the warm blankets. I, I really want to do it, but somehow I, the flesh, I, the spirit is willing. But the flesh... When I see the buttocks of the sister, I, I said, Lord, I won't look. But when she passes me by, I said, Lord, have mercy. But Moses was able to turn away from the attractions and temptations of modern Egypt. Look, Egypt was a place of no God, you know. They had different gods. The river was a god. The tree was a god. So many gods. Calf was a god. So it was different. And temple prostitution was part of life, you know. The priest temple... Temple prostitutes, they stood in the, in the temple, in the church, the prostitutes. So after you pray to your God, you can choose the, you can choose, depending on how, how you feel. Yes, if you feel energy, you can take four of them with you. They had, they had their own rooms. No, I'm telling you the truth. You don't know history. That's why God got angry with Israel, because they meddled with the uh, Asherah poles. And uh, if you read your Bible, you'll see all this anger of God because they kept mixing. God told them, don't mix with other nations. When you mix, other nations teach you their bad, detestable practices. And this thing, temple prostitution. So after the, the, the pastor has preached well, and then they would choose three ladies and then they would go into, the, they have different rooms there. I'm talking about the fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses decided that he will turn away from the attractions and temptations of modern Egypt. He walked away into a desert where there's no buttocks there. 
There's no Shabin there. There's no cigarettes to buy at the, at the, at the shop. There's nobody to ask for a light. Can you, can you light down? He's in a desert, ladies and gentlemen. He chose. Not that he was forced. He chose by faith. I'm getting out of here. He turned away and walked deep into the desert. And lived the life of a nomad for 40 years. Say 40. He chose rather to suffer affliction. Than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. But a normal person will not do that. A normal person will not choose to suffer. Will you choose to suffer? You know, it's winter now, huh? It's very cold to get up in the morning. The other day I was lying in bed and my wife obviously slept next to me. And my wife's body is very warm. And I felt the Lord tell me I must go pray. But it was early. 2-4. I said, Lord. <laughs> can't we negotiate this deal? <laughs> because I'm not committing sin. This is my wife. You know when you, when you do wrong. When you don't obey the voice, you're looking for many excuses. I said, this is not a, a girlfriend, it's my wife. And because I married her, I, I'm legally entitled to sleep in this bed. I also don't owe anything for this mattress. It's paid for. But the Lord was talking to me uh, sometime earlier through my pastor. He was talking about Christians who fail to... To, to get up, wake up and pray. That Christians have difficulty in this thing. And very few become strong because they fail to pray. So that voice was in my ear and the other voice was saying, I said, okay, Lord, 10 minutes. But as I was lying, I, the spirit said, you're going to fall asleep here. I said, get up. I said, Lord, let me suffer. I can't pray in the room, so I go downstairs, and it's cold there. But I remember this verse. He was prepared to suffer. I said, then I must go. I got up angrily. I was angry with God. But I said, when I meet you downstairs, we'll chat a little bit. I had to make a choice. The warmth here. And this lady was in dreamland. I could hear her dreams as she was talking in the night. So a normal person will rather choose to enjoy the pleasures of sin, isn't it so? Today we have many people who struggle with sin, temptation, and immorality. Now if you're here, if you're new to this church, 
Be it known unto you that nothing is hidden from this pulpit. We talk straight as it is. We try, we try as best to be discreet with words, but we don't hide what we do. We are not perfect. We struggle with sin. In this church, there's no statutes at the door, no fountains running. We struggle with sin. Amen. And I am not aloof. I'm not aloof. I'm not uh, ignorant to know that the people I minister to struggle with sin. And that's why you come to a place like this, because this is where God wants to meet you. Amen. We can't preach to righteous people. Jesus said, those who are sick, they need a physician. Those that are not sick, they don't need any physician. So also don't sit here as if I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to somebody that's struggling with sin. Or the 10 mad Pentecostal people that will say, I'm struggling with sin. Immorality. Can I be honest with you? I've discovered that this sexual sin is a big problem for the whole human race. Everybody has a problem with this thing. Men suffer generally because they are lustful. The common problem with men is lustfulness. Women they get involved with sex and they are, the, the men don't marry them. It, there's a lot of problems is connected to sexual sin. Yeah? Pastors, when I see pastors who fall, it mostly is sexual. Affairs, relationships. So this is a problem. We all suffer from it. Say amen. Immorality. And Satan accuses and abuses us all the time because of our mistakes and our failures. Now he accuses you, you feel not worthy. Is it true? You have no peace of mind. And our souls has oh, oh, oh. a tenseness because we are constantly dirty in our own eyes. But there is good news for you and me today. Hallelujah. Faith is the master key to overcome sin and moral weakness. Your sin and your moral weakness. Any addiction, any fornication, any immorality, homosexuality, and all other perversions can be overcome by faith. I know some are struggling with addiction. Addictions are things you, you can't, it's so hard to let go. The Bible talks about sin as the iniquity, the mystery of iniquity. You know, it's mysterious. It has a power over you. You say, how can a man of God who's so powerful preach to big crowds, fall in sin with a woman? He then taught us not to fall in sin. You don't understand the power of sin. The mystery of iniquity. But the good news is, can overcome by faith. You can, you, whatever mistake you made in the past, and the devil is consciously blaming you for it, and say so you will never attain any heights of holiness, tell the devil by faith, you're going to get there. You're not there yet, 
but you're on your way. I'm on my way to heaven. And the journey gets sweeter every day. Hallelujah. Most, most Christians that come to Christ, they are caught in situations that they were in before they came to Christ. So it becomes complicated. I'm already living with this guy. We have sex every night, every third night. I don't know, depending on how strong you are. I know I mustn't do it. I must get married, but he doesn't want to marry. So how, 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 how do I do it now? What do we do? I understand the complications. We, we have this battle within ourselves. But you know, if you can't see your way out, today Pastor Chris is here to tell you by faith, by faith, things are going to change for you. You're struggling because the greatest addiction somebody taught me was cigarettes. Yeah, not, not cocaine and this stuff. That stuff, you, you, you get it slightly easier. But what, the cigarette is the devil. He looks the small one. Normally, it's the big one. So if you're here today, I'm not condemning you. By God's grace, I didn't smoke in my life, so I don't know what it's like. But I know I, from my readings, they say it's very hard. And we that don't smoke, don't look down on them that struggle. They caught in a trap. They can't get out. They caught in a trap. <laughs> so they think maybe they'll never be free. You can be free and you will be free because by faith, by faith, we'll come out of it. We'll come out of it. The fleeting pleasures of sin. And it, Moses, when they wrote about him, they said, for a season. Because sin is nice only for a season. I was at the dinner the other day. And I was looking through the menu. And I was looking for healthy food. And I said, I'm sick and tired of this healthy food. Every time you have to order spinach and kichut. And they, they carry the plates in front of me to other people. Nice onion rings, big onion rings and... Sheesh. I said, leave the healthy things now. I want this junk food. And somebody told me, you see, it's a moment on the lips, but a lifetime on the hips. Fleeting pleasure. It's a lifetime on the hips. But that night I fell into sin and I still had the onion rings and the chips. Lord, forgive me, Lord. Sin is an evil thing, ladies and gentlemen, and it has a power behind it. Are you listening to me? It's evil, it's mysterious mutation that has occurred in the natural race. We were without sin until Adam disobeyed God. 
And it's not easy or natural to escape from its power. Because there's an evil spirit behind sin. It's not neutral. It's not just your feeling. There's a power behind it. And the devil is behind all these things. Satan and his demonic powers. Yeah. So fornication, sexual perversion. That's why you see Satan worshippers, they take it to the extreme. In their orgies, there's always sex involved. That's what I'm saying. The sex that God created to be something beautiful has been turned ugly. It's turned ugly. So they have what they call orgies and all these ugly things. There's an evil spirit behind it. Yes. And there's a mysterious thing drawing. It's a, a sin is a mysterious thing drawing even the most spiritual people come down. And they draw men who don't want to sin into sin. And most people just give up. But don't give up. By faith you are overcoming. Hallelujah. Here's this verse. It is 2 Thessalonians 2.7. The mystery of iniquity. I want to show it to you. Not Enyalti, please. The other one. I want to show you. For the mystery, iniquity is sin. David said, Lord, uh, forgive me in sin, my mother, con I concede my iniquity, my transgressions, my iniquity, my sin. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only you, you know, let it in. Amen. There's a mystery behind this thing. Why am I doing it? It's a power that is drawing you into it. Say amen. You don't want to do it. I know you don't want to do it. Is it true? But you still find yourself doing it. It's called the mystery of iniquity. But Moses did not just walk away from the pleasure of sin. He walked away from the pleasure of sin by faith. Everybody says by faith. Yes, faith. Faith will make you conquer and defeat and control every sin in your life in the name of Jesus. Yes, by faith. You can do it. And you will choose to suffer. You see? The opposite of the pleasure is to suffer. Yeah, to go sleep now with this lady is nice, it's warm, it's everything. To not is to suffer. Hey. Moses chose it. Now you say, Pastor, I'm too weak. Faith is the secret. By faith. Hey! I'm sure one day when you try to, 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 to say no, I'm, in all your difficulty, there's one or twi twice that you, that, you, that you can say no. Then you always find you feel very good, isn't it? Hey! You feel very good. I've conquered it. You've done it by faith. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So by faith, Moses chose to suffer affliction than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. Say, Pastor, I can't make it. You will make it. By faith. You will suffer a little bit. You see, it's only fleeting. It means it's now and it's over. There's no benefit in the long run. It's more destructive. What you're doing constantly is going to destroy your life. But you suffer a little. There's a reward on the other side. Hallelujah. Great rewards. Great rewards. Glory to God. 
faith will make you conquer, defeat, and control every sin of your life. Yes. And people will not believe how you got out of that thing. But it was by faith in God. Glory to God. You must develop your faith, ladies and gentlemen. It's something that can grow. You know faith can grow? Jesus spoke of you, little faith. Then he said one day, you of great faith. I've never seen such great faith in all of Israel. But to the disciples, he said, when they were afraid in the boat, he said, oh, ye men of little faith, why are you fearful? So there's different types of faith. I um, prophesy that your faith will now grow from little faith to strong faith to great faith. And you'll be willing to suffer, to say no to sin. Because sin is... Is, is, is designed by the devil to embarrass you. I mean, a man can be how strong? Once his wife finds his infidelity, she puts him out of the house. He's brought to shame. Many men go live in a small hawk somewhere because now he must pay for his house where his wife and children are living. Then he must pay for himself. He, he's, he's out, he's down. Some of them sleep in the car. I know many men have told me, Pastor, they've slept in his car. Can he was sit and look through? Hey, you enjoy the small pleasure with that blonde girl. I was here as a year colony, as a prayed what you prayed that, but I was dumb. <laughs> but that's what the fleeting pleasure do. You see, it's nice now. Too bad. So you must grow your faith, my friend. And it will help you overcome the power of sin and iniquity. It will help you to be a good Christian. Faith is the secret weapon. And how does it come? It comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So how do you become strong to say no to these things that is really bothering you? Listen to preaching a lot because preaching is, is, is what, what brings faith to you. Yes, faith cometh by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and, and hearing comes by the word. What must you hear? The word of God. That's why I came to stand in front of you today. I heard a man of God said that he, was a, he couldn't speak well. So I thought, well, I can't speak well too. But he came forward and God helped him. So I thought to myself, this faith is coming to me by hearing. I heard this menace. I was listening to this man preach. And I thought, then I'm also going to go. The man said in the preaching, they laughed at him because he couldn't speak well. So when I also started, people laughed at me. But look where I am today. Because I, I didn't think that I can't do it. I thought, by faith, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I might not be there now, but I'm getting there. Glory to God. Grow your faith. Listen to messages. Play Christian music in your homes. Are you listening to me? Yeah. When you pray, turn out the music loud. Create an atmosphere. And you become a mighty man and a mighty woman of God. Hallelujah. And then I predict that all forms of sin, wickedness, if you were a thief, you were stealing, if you were sinful pleasures, they will all disappear in Jesus' name. Some of you are caught on pornography, you know. 
You can't let it go. You, you saw somebody showed you, some father in sin showed you the first naked woman. Some woman also like to watch naked men. There's all these things. Don't be surprised. Say, it's me, Lord. Guilty as charged. And I'm standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. It's not the one next to me, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Other side, it's not this one next to me, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Yes! Yes! Be open and honest to God. He will help you. Hallelujah. What type of struggles? Adultery, fornication, jealousy. I never thought jealousy was a big thing. But the more I work with women, year. Like we men suffer from lust. Men suffer from, women suffer from this thing, jealousy and fear. Are you afraid there's not going to be enough for tomorrow? God can deliver you from that thing. Amen. Quarreling. Gossiping. I heard someone have an African saying, if there's a knock on the door, Kumbana as Jaiva. Ha! Come, I help you what the gossiping is. Gossiping is if you talk about someone, if you speak about someone, but you, you're not part of, you, you talk to someone who's not part of the problem, or part of the solution. Is it definition? Jelle wat nie weet of jylle skinne nie. Hier help ek jylle nou na. Sy vertel vir iemand iets, maar die een wat sy vertel, is not part of the problem, is not part of the solution. Sy sê net iets, want sy wil iets sê. It's called gossiping. address someone who's part of the problem, you're not gossiping, you're sorting out this problem. Brother, they told me that it's you that uh, left that thing, there is it, there, there is it. But now, if I go, that's called gossiping. Maybe you didn't understand what you were doing, but you caught in the sin of gossiping. Oh, let me finish, let me close, let me close. You want to hear more of the sins? Lord, have mercy. Drunkenness. The Bible writes about these things. Drunkenness. Drugs and addictions. But I see they will all be overcome by the power of faith. My father used to drink alcohol. Maybe he wasn't drunk, but we, we used to hide. We used to find these bottles hidden in the clothing. And then he smoked cigarettes, Rotman 20, blue packet. But when he gave his life to Christ, marvelously, 
oh so marvelously Hallelujah. There's someone here that God is going to set free this morning. Because he's a marvelous, wonder-working God. He asked Sarah, is there anything? Why did you laugh at me, Sarah? Do you think it's too hard for me? You think it's too hard for me? Nothing is too hard for God. By your faith, I see you overcoming. And you will walk away from it into the desert. From the pleasures of sin. It will be here the mystery of iniquity. But you will turn your back and you will walk like Moses. Into the desert. I see you walking away by faith. Will not turn back. The world behind me, the cross before me, no more turning back. Praise the Lord. No turning back. I have decided to follow Him. And I won't go back anymore. Hallelujah. Number two, number two, I, my time is almost finished. I have to rush. Ah. Faith will help you overcome the fleeting pleasures of sin. And number two, faith will make you endure the suffering or the affliction. Faith will make you survive the affliction. Hallelujah. It says, by faith, Moses, verse 24. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He rather chose to suffer affliction with the people of God. Now, to run away from the fleeting pleasures of sin means a little bit of suffering. But it's also by faith that you will be able to endure afflictions that God has chosen for you to experience. Yes, through Christianity. You know, when we, when we invite you to come to Jesus, we have to also tell you that your life will not be free from suffering. Oh, no. Because we have an enemy. We have an enemy. And there will be a price for you to pay. You know? Have you ever heard about the price to pay? Now, there's a different price for every person. Yeah. You, your, your price will not be the same as your neighbor's price. But if you really want to follow, you must also pay a price. Jesus paid the ultimate price of being crucified on a cross. You don't have to be crucified on a cross, but there's some other crucifixion that you will have to endure. Are you all hearing me? And if you understand this, it will make your life better in the sense that you mustn't think that it, it, things are now wrong with you because you're suffering. Suffering is part of Christianity. Today's world of Christians just want to sit and receive blessings. What can they for me do, Pastor? What can they hear for me do? What can they suffer for Jesus? He went to Calvary with a cross on his back. He's asking you for a small, small price to pay. And you can't pay it. 
No, the other verse, man, the other one, verse 24, 5, 25. It, it, it talks about his suffering. Quickly, who's at the screen? He chose to share the oppression of God's people. Put it in the King James, it uses the word suffering, which is the same as the oppression of God's people. No one wants to suffer, no one wants to be afflicted, but it's part of the call of God. Hallelujah. You can try to shake it off, but you cannot get away from the reality of suffering and affliction in Christianity. You agree with me? But faith will make you endure every affliction and every difficulty that God is going to take you through. Amen. How many of you have been through some difficulty when you became a Christian? <laughs> oh, I'm preaching to the right crowd. Hallelujah. Not those people, they don't put up dance. This is a good crowd over here. Yes. Suffering. Moses was able to turn away from the places of the cities of Egypt. And he turned away from the palace. A palace and a desert is two extreme opposites. Turned away from the palace. But today many Christians can't work for God. They can't serve Him because it will cost you something. Sometimes the comfort of your sleep, the comfort of your home, the comfort of sitting long hours in front of the TV because you've got to be at church, got to be working for God. Nobody wants to pay a price. Mm. But when you have faith, you can accept to suffer for God. Because you are willing to suffer because faith makes you see eternity. That's why we're willing to pay the price. Because we can see ahead. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. The evidence of things. If I say no now, I'm suffering. But there's something ahead. There's a hope ahead. There's a glory ahead. There's something better, 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 better there. And I'm moving towards that something. That's why I'd rather suffer. Because I want that thing that is there. I can see eternity. There's a chorus that a bishop taught us. He said, I have another world in view, in view. I have another world in view. There's another world than this world. So she, when the LP spoke, she, she spoke powerfully. She said, the sister's got many shoes, many dresses, but she couldn't take it. She's gone to another world. You see, that's the thing. If you have that world in view, you will get to that world. But then, then the records will be taken out. What, what did you do to deserve a better life there? That's the world you must see in view. So Moses said, I can enjoy here, but I'm not going to get there. Let me rather live here because I can see something better there. Yes. You can see beyond your natural eye can't see even now, but it is there. Amen? Eternity is there. And you will see your rewards. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Keep listening to the messages. And your faith will be built up. And you will endure affliction. Trial, test, and temptation. You are overcoming all the things through your faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes it's not only sin that 
becomes a snare to you. There may be many other snares and temptations in life or difficulties. Your marriage can be a difficulty. Are you listening? Many sisters, they're hoping that I would say they can divorce their husband. Because it's a difficulty. You see, but I always remind them, and the men also, that Paul said he had a thorn in his flesh. This thing was pricking him. It wasn't nice. A thorn is not comfortable. Imagine you have a thorn in your shoe now. Isn't it so? And the diaf doorings is net to escape. Imagine that tone is there. So he said, I prayed the Lord three times to take it away from me. But the Lord didn't answer my prayer. He only reassured me, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, I put that tone there for you, Paul, lest you exalt yourself above measure. Lest you become, people praise you too much because you have no problem. And then you become proud. And when you become proud, your fall is going to be very bad. So rather have some suffering. Rather say, oh, brothers and sisters, the Lord is good to me. I have got my husband still there. He's giving me a hard time. You see, that is what keeping me. You're not too. But you always remember there's a thorn. Lest I exalt myself above measure, the Lord allowed to have me to have this thorn. Maybe it's a child. Drakopkind wat sê het. Het jou broodkassies leeg. Hy steel jou oma'se ornament to go sell for drugs. Say, here, when are you going to relieve me of this? Say, no, 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 no. Just wait a little. This stone. So that they, you mustn't be too boastful. You see, it's to keep you a little bit of suffering. But at the end, there's a great reward. There's a great reward. Hallelujah. And the last point, the last point. And L.P. Allison made me think about this point. Faith will enable you to abandon the wealthy cities for Jesus Christ. You see, I'm talking about Moses who left Egypt to go into a desert for 40 years. Verse 27, he forsook Egypt. Verse 27. He left the land of Egypt not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eye on the one that was invisible. A lady told me the other day, I, uh, why did you move out of, uh, out of Belha? We would have loved to still come to your church because we used to come when it was in Belha. Belha.
I said, no, we were, we were looking for property, but it didn't work. God didn't design it for us. God wanted me to be here. So God organized me to come to this place, you see. And I, 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 it's, it's not as, as glamorous as Belhar. But I must do what God tells me to do. Because you see, the blessing of God is also determined geographically where you are. Yeah. You see, your prosperity, your blessing, your ministry is either going to prosper or never going to take flight. Depending on where you are. So if you decide, now if I don't want to move away here. You just want the comfortability of your place. You're not like Moses. You by faith forsook the palace of Egypt. And you went into a place where there was no glimmer, no lights, no nothing. And Alpi Ellison and the others, I took them out of their houses, their comfortable houses in Pelha. I sent them to a pothole infested province called Eastern Cape to a people they never knew to drunkards and alcoholics that they started to love started to minister to and a ministry would not have been the same if she stayed here she just catapulted because she was willing to suffer affliction and leave behind the palace of Egypt to go to a place and the Lord spoke to me and said very soon, I'm going to start sending men out of here. This last part of my scripture is for the pastors. I'm going to be sending you. Don't have the mind that I won't survive there. Have the mind of Moses that you will leave the palace. This palace. Don't be comfortable because your ministry is going to grow great where God wants you to be. It was in the desert that God met Moses. It was in the desert that the bush was burning with fire. And that desert ground became holy ground. He did not know it. It looked the same as the other pieces of ground. But he heard a voice say to him, Moses, take off your shoes. He said, why, Lord? He said, because the ground you're standing on is holy ground. in Egypt. It was there in the desert. He made God. He made God. Yes. You must move from the place of your prosperity. You see, your, your comfortability. God is going to take you to a place where you will prosper there. You will prosper there. Moses had to migrate to the desert. Joseph had to go to Egypt. Before he could become the famous prime minister. Ruth had to leave Moab. And to go to Israel. Before she became the great grandmother of David. Jesus did no great miracles in Galilee. But he went to Chorazin and Bethsaida. The Bible says. And he did his great works there. He simply couldn't do it in Nazareth. And there's a great community that awaits you, man of God, woman of God, where God wants to send you to. For me, it's Delft, Eastern Cape, Uppington, wherever I've planted. My, my, my hometown where I come from, Elsie's, they don't accept me there. They, don't, they never accept you. Don't ever think they're going to accept you in your hometown. Don't make a mistake. If it happened to Jesus, it will happen to you. The people in Nazareth did not believe in him. 
So we had to go to Corizon and Bethsaida. The Bible says they did his mighty works there. And I can tell you God is, is already spoken and said great works are going to happen in the places where we go where, where nobody thought they could go to. And your prosperity will be in that desert place, not just where the lights are. Hallelujah. There was a young girl, I close with the story. She was born in a church, grew up with her pastor, mother and father. And then she said to her mother and father, like many pastor's children do after a while, I'm sick of the church. All I know is church. I want to taste life, what life is like. I want to experience other things in life. And the mother and the father were perplexed. And the mother said, maybe we should just let her go and, and, and pray to God to keep her and see how it will turn out. She had been a 17-year-old teenager. She wants to experience what the friends are talking about. She wants to go out into the glimmers of Egypt. But the night after she spoke to her parents, she went to bed and she had a dream. And in the dream, she was standing on a far field and she saw three cities. The one had bright lights and the other city had dimmer lights. And she was contemplating which way to go in the dream. And a man came to stand next to her, a well-dressed, handsome gentleman, and asked her, which city would you like to go to? And she said, I think the one with the bright lights. And she said, as he accompanied her to the city, and they came into this beautiful city in the dream, she said, as he looked at him, his face started to change. The handsomeness that he had when she saw it initially, it started to change. He started to metamorphosize. And she realized this is a devil. It's a demon. And when she realized that immediately the light of the city went out. And she was standing in the pitch dark with the devil standing next to her. And she woke from a dream with a sweat running from her brow. She ran to her mama and father and said, Papa! Cancel that thought I had of going to the glamour cities. Because the devil is waiting for me there. I will go wherever God sends me to go. And I will do what God tells me to do. If I must take a home selling blockage dog with a candle and some Mari biscuits, let me go to the people. It might not be as glamorous as the nice three-bedroom house in Bella or Bella Gardens. If I must go to Leiden in the narrow streets, let me go. I choose rather to suffer oppression with the children of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. The fate of Moses, he suffered affliction ran from the places of sin and he chose the desert above the cities. Are you ready to go for Jesus? Are you ready to work for Jesus? 
I see you overcoming all your problems by faith. And God using you in a mighty way. When we go out, we have a weapon. It's the gospel, the good news. You might not know how is it going to work. You just go and do what God wants you to do. You're going to see the change. You're going to see how you develop from some skora skora that came here to Christ to being a dignified minister of the law. With some suffering, you keep you humble. But by faith, you will overcome. You don't have to divorce. You don't have to give up. It's just a thorn in your flesh. It's pressing you. Keep you humble. But you're going to come in the desert to a place where there will be a burning bush and you will hear the voice of God. Say, take off your shoes. This place you are now. This is holy ground. I went to Uppington in 2003 after I graduated from university. Didn't know it was God sending me there. I didn't even know it was on the map. It's when I got the answer to the job, I went there. Now, if I look back many years, I realize it was God guiding my steps. And I'm, I'm glad I accepted it then. I didn't know what I was doing. Because I had this, this lady that's my wife now. She was my girlfriend. And I mean, if she looks so nice today, can you, can you think how nice she looked then? But it didn't cross my mind. After some years later, I thought, why did I make that decision? My friends all said, no, they're not going far. They're going to just wait for jobs in the Western Cape. We were all finished with our schooling. I came into, that's a desert place. If you want to go to a desert place, some of you must go with the, there's a convoy going next month or so to Uppington. You can get in and go visit our church today. You see where I was. I was in a, in, a, in a room for a year. I couldn't come out because the sun was too hot. 42 degrees in the, in the shade. So I could only be alone, away from my girlfriend, away from my friends, away from my football friends, nothing. God met me there. The anointing of God came on me there. I used to walk to church and I couldn't walk fast because the sun is beating. The church starts at 10. So I must walk like this. Otherwise, I sweat when I get into the... I must just walk like slowly. And I used to sing a song that Don Moen wrote years ago. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. Oh, he will be my God. Hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day. I found a little book in the bookshop to read. It was about the revival in America in 1906, Azusa Street. For the first time, I saw God's power like I've never known it in my church where I come from. And my home shell group was three people in a small council house in Rosedale, Uppington. 
and I preached to them Ezekiel 47. I went into the river and I measured a thousand cubits. It came to my ankles. I went deeper, it came to my knees. When it came to my loins, then I measured another thousand. And it was a river. I could not stand. I had to just flow and go where the river takes me. And as I was still speaking, as Peter was yet preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on the people. And I heard the screams, the ecstasy. And I wasn't afraid because I had read it in the book. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, he said, God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters. <laughs> they were prophesying. And the young men will see visions. The old men will dream dreams. This is that. This is that. That you now see. Stand to your feet, everybody. Lift your hands. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power, Lord. Come in your own gentle way. Lift your hands, people. The Holy Spirit is here. Ask him to touch your life. There's a place you must go to. There's a place God will meet you. Your life will turn. Your life will turn at that place. Your life is going to turn, said the Lord of hosts. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Gently, He works in ways you cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my God. Hold me closely to His side. With love and strength for each new day. God will make a way. He will make a your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed all over this auditorium. 
God was speaking to you this morning. The fleeting pleasures of sin. You say, Pastor, I'm struggling. But you said by faith, I can overcome. I want to overcome. Pastor, please pray for me. I will pray for you. You say, Pastor, I'm suffering, Pastor. By faith, Moses suffered. He chose to suffer. He chose to suffer. <laughs> he could stay in Egypt, but he chose to suffer. But when he left the glimmer lights, he met God there. From a nomad that nobody knew, became the great deliverer of Israel, the one who through mighty miracles worked. I see you being that one that God is going to use despite your difficulty. By faith, you will overcome. If you want prayer, they come to the blue carpet. I pray for you. God will make a way. Yes, God will make a way. When it seems to be no way, He works in ways we cannot see. Oh, yes, he will be my guide. Hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day. He'll make a way. I'm going to pray the sinner's prayer. Not all of them are coming for the first time. But if you're here and you know your life is not right with God, if you die tonight, you're not sure if you will go to heaven. You must make sure. You must make Jesus the Lord of your life. Your life is a mess. You know it's not going the way it should go. You need to receive Jesus and be born again. And then things will start to turn for you. If there's someone like that in this audience, you just maybe you came along coming for a few weeks or your first time but you want to give your life to Jesus and start following him put up your hand and I will pray with you and just come join this group here in front just come stand here 
Remember, it's a choice. You must make a choice. Will you turn to the glimmer lights? Or you will go into the desert. God is calling you to the desert. Come. Come out. Come join us here. We'll sing it one more time. I'll wait for one person to come. You must give your life to Christ. Maybe you're a backslider. You served him. But you're not serving him anymore. Come. We'll sing it one more time. Just he will be my guide. Hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. Let's sing it again. Oh God make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. Oh, He will be my guide. Hold me closely to. strings. I'm going to pray for you now. For all of you. I want ushers behind the people because the anointing is strong. I first want those who come into Christ to say this prayer after me. All of you say it. It's good to pray a prayer of forgiveness. Say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, heard the preacher today. I heard the preacher today. He said that we must turn, he said that we must turn from the fleeting pleasures of sin. I turn today. I turn today. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Of all my mistakes. All my mistakes. I was struggling. I was struggling with the mystery. With the mystery of iniquity. Of iniquity. But today. But today. I come to you, Jesus. I come to you, Jesus. Please help me. Please help me. Save me. Save me. Wash me. Wash me. With your precious blood. With your precious blood. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I want to serve you. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. From this day forward. From this day forward. I turn my back. I turn my back. On the glimmer lights. On the glimmer lights. Of Egypt. Of Egypt. From the lights. From the lights. Of the palace. Of the palace. I'm coming to you, Jesus. I'm coming to you, Jesus. I'm coming to meet you in the desert. I'm coming to meet you in the desert. At the burning bush. At the burning bush. Please meet me there. Please meet me there. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.